Hello, and welcome to I Am Dad podcast with your fatherhood authority, Kenneth Braswell. 30 minutes of wisdom, information, resources, and nuggets to help you on your fatherhood journey. Or maybe you're just curious and want to hear some real talk about fatherhood, family, and the minds of men. Well, guess what? We got you too. Sit back, grab your pad and pen, and maybe even bring a little something to sip on. Enjoy 30 straight minutes of fatherhood, family, and fun with the fatherhood authority. Kenneth Braswell. Welcome to I Am Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Braswell, CEO of Fathers Incorporated, doing this thing as we do every Sunday morning, bringing you the best of my friends, the best of my peeps, the best of my folks. Um, I've had such a pleasure just re-engaging with people that I've been involved with over the course of my career and over my life, talking about this thing we call fatherhood. Um, and more importantly, this thing that we embrace called brotherhood. And my guest today is no exception in that space. I told him when he got on, I don't even want to talk to you, bro, because if I start talking, we're going to lose great content. So let me just jump into this thing. Let me introduce to you Derek Brady. Um, he is one of the stars of the critically acclaimed Bounce TV series, Johnson's, executive producer, Mr. Cedric the Entertainer. Derek's who plays Jarvis is now just closing, I believe, his second season. Um, the series chronicles the trials and tribulations of four lifelong friends, all with the same last name, Johnson. The men, all at different places in their life, find their friendships tested after 25 years, threatening the unity that had always been so strong. I first met um, Derek's uh, some years ago in LA um, when we were doing some work with Soul Pancake and he was gracious enough to do something with us that I'm gonna share with you a little later on. I won't drop that ball yet. Um, but listen, bro, how are you? Man, I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on your show, man. Honored to be here. Man, it's such a pleasure. I Listen, I was, um, I just finished watching the second season probably about two weeks ago. I actually watched the last episode I saw um, the other night. But when I saw it, man, my heart was just so overjoyed, man, of seeing you because one of the things I distinctly remember you talking about when we were on set is all the things that you wanted to accomplish. You were talking about like these things that you were trying to accomplish and you weren't, you were so, you weren't vague but it was like what you were talking about were your dreams. Is this show the manifestation of what you were thinking about then as you were thinking about really needing and understanding the importance of being a husband and father, but you still have these dreams in the back of your mind you wanted to accomplish? Oh, absolutely. This is absolutely one of the dreams that I had um, specifically uh, was this show. Um, we had shot a pilot about five and a half, six years ago. And so it's something, even though I was doing other projects and acting on different stuff, this was something that I couldn't get out of my mind or, or, or my heart. I constantly call, call the creator of the show, uh, Deji LeRae, and be like, man, I can't get Johnson out of my head. So this is definitely one of the manifestations, man. Absolutely. Wow. And so I'm watching it and I'm tripping because I'm watching it and I'm like seeing old friends. It's like, first I saw you. <laughs> Right. And then right. let me let me share this with you real quick so that you can see this. Then I saw this brother and I was like, 
Yo. Oh, man, you know Thomas Kelly? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I know this cat. I kept looking at him. I must have watched two or three shows before it hit me that, yo, that's Thomas from the Jets. I was like, I met him yeah. like way back when doing an event in Washington, D.C. on literally this event here was the 100th anniversary of Father's Day. And we did okay. a huge event um, in Washington, D.C. And at the time, he was dating Megan Good. And I had not mm. seen him yet. And so I also have another picture of Megan Good holding my son. Like, I was holding him, <laughs> and I walked by her, and she goes, oh, he's so cute. And I didn't realize who she was, because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, see, I'm, I'm doing my thing. And I came back and she goes, oh, my goodness, can I hold them? And I turned to look at her. And as I'm handing to him, my brain is like, wait, yo, this is, <laughs> this is good. Yeah. And like literally the two of them like had my son was just walking back and forth with my son around that day. So I often show my son the picture of Megan Good holding him. And I was like, this this picture ain't going to mean anything to you right now. <laughs> but when you get into high school, you're going to have a lot of stories and things about yeah. that. And yeah, then I'm funny. watching, and my boy Stewie Rock pops up. And I'm like, Jay Nix, he's on Hot 107.9. He's right, on, yeah. yeah. He's one of our ambassadors for our program, and we do an interview every week on the station talking about fatherhood and okay. brotherhood. And I'm like, man, that's such. And so I was like, I got to reach out to Derrickson and talk to him about this show um, and this whole notion of brotherhood. Man, talk to me a little bit, because I read something where you talked about how the um, cohesion of what the show is trying to convey as it relates to fatherhood has actually manifested in the life of you and your co-stars. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, first of all, it's funny about Thomas Q. Jones. I mean, that, that's my brother, but, you know, um, he's one of the showrunners. He and Deji LeRae are the showrunners of our show, mm -hmm. um, you know, but uh, just in terms of brotherhood and what is manifested on the show is like, you know, the reason I was even excited about the show and I was excited to, to and honored to be asked to do it is that, you know, um, a lot of times in media, we see certain stereotypes and, 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 and there's been great projects before us that we've seen that have been thrilling, engaging, great, creative, you know, writing. Um, but we, you know, Deji who created the show was like, man, we need a balance. And he and Thomas Q. Jones, who really uh, went around Hollywood to sell this show, um, they, they wanted a balance. And that's what was made me want to be a part of it. You know, um, a lot of times when I look at my cousins or my uncles or I look to my friends from the left or right, I, I don't see what I always see on TV or in the media. I see, uh, you know, men that are engaged fathers, you know, mm -hmm. at the baseball game, at the park with their son. Mm -hmm. um, at the recital with their daughter. I see tech savvy uh, brothers. I see entrepreneurs, teachers. And so um, a lot of times we don't see that. And so I feel like our show Johnson, that's what it does. It brings a balance. You know, the everyday black man that is trying to build something that goes way beyond himself, mm -hmm. um, that, that, that wants a family, that wants to build a, bigger leg build a legacy is what we're doing on Johnson. And so um, I think that, manifestations really um you know from the from the dreams of many black men 
um, and just our audience, because when they watch the show, they're like, man, we haven't seen a show like this on TV. <laughs> I haven't seen a show where I can relate, see myself, because mm-hmm. out of the four characters we are, there's no way that, that someone's going to watch the show and not be able to relate to them. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, that's something that's really special in brotherhood, on throughout, being fathers and uh, wanting a family and wanting to build. Mm-hmm. You know, and then one of the other beauties about it is like, you know, me and my wife kind of binge different shows and we're watching mm. another show now, which is kind of so out of our character. But for some <laughs> reason, we're like all in it. And the two of us are like watching. To, like she she loves her kinds of shows and I like right. my kinds of shows. Right. But every once in a while, we'll come together to like watch something new and just so that we <laughs> can have our own bonding time. And so yeah. we're watching All the Queen's Men. I don't know if you've seen All the Queen's Men, uh, but it's it is it's on the other side of the Johnsons. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's, a <laughs> it's a whole nother yeah. thing. But as I watch your character um, on the show Jarvis, you know that one of the things that intrigues me, and I'm sure that you guys are very intentional about this. Um, I interviewed Malik Yoba a couple of weeks okay. ago, and he was our subject matter was black men in film. That's what we were talking right. about, and he was talking about how his character JC resonated with the public, particularly. Um, his fatherhood and his relationship um, with the mother of his child on the show Mm -hmm. that that wasn't something that they intended to jump on, but it came out to be a big thing that people pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that have jumped out to me um, in the Johnsons is not so much the brotherhood between the four of you, but these relationship things that you're going through and the, 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 the reality of um, you struggling in an inter into marriage into inter, interracial interracial yeah. marriage and struggling with that and you know Omar struggling with you know his marriage and right. um and um, Keith struggling with relationship um and um, Greg struggling with relationship man right. that was to me such an important piece to add to this conversation because we don't typically talk about relationships. How important is that to you, to all of you? Man, it's really important to all of us because, I mean, for the majority, everybody's dealing with relationships. And so um, I think a lot of times it it, it could be depicted as if, you know, um, those things aren't important to black men or we're just kind of just going through floating through life and just one after another. But, you know, um, you know, the men on here, they, they, they value their relationships and, and, and mistakes happen. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, um, the, we're, we're willing to invest in, in our relationships and that's, what's on the show. You know, it's different with Jarvis, uh, being in an interracial relationship, uh, with Lisa Johnson, who's, uh, played by Jessica Lusa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a different, um, thing we don't really see that on TV much, and and what's interesting is a lot of times we know that um, a lot of black women are really for um, the black man, but that um, maybe um, dislike for that or not mm-hmm. having a certain feeling about that we know that. But what's interesting on Johnson is that we're seeing within the circle that's creating conflict. Yeah. You know, Greg Johnson 
has a problem with Jarvis Johnson <laughs> not having a black queen and, and, and being in this relationship. And he feels mm-hmm. like, man, out of all the black women, you're going to choose this. Mm-hmm. And so it was, I really loved that dynamic season one because it gave us an opportunity for both sides to be able to convey what our feelings and emotions that went into that. You know, Jarvis had to let him know, I didn't marry her because she wasn't black. You know, I, I married her because I fell in love with her. You know, Jarvis went to Yale. He's a fish out of water, you know, and he's trying to learn and adapt. And out of all these people in this village, there's this one woman that he finds this common theme with. Mm-hmm. And so that is what played a role in them falling in love. But what we also see going into season two is what happens after that whole police brutality situation Jarvis had to uh, endure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is it like when two people come together, find some commonalities, but now life is kind of bringing up how cultures are different mm-hmm. and, and how do they work through that? Mm-hmm. And is this something that they're going to really be able to work through? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is this something that's going to be like, this is too big for us and we're going to have to go a different way. So I, I love that. Although our show has some funny moments, we're tackling these dynamics and different topics that we don't always see. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important. It's important. Yeah. yeah. you know, what I also, you know, really admire is, you know, this small nuance of reconciliation, right? It's not yeah. always the problem. The show is not always about the problem. Right. The real jewel in it is watching the process of going through that problem, coming out on the other side and reconciling that problem to get to what's at the core, which is friendship, brotherhood, and love, those kinds of things. So I love, you know, that there was, you know, this moment, you know, between your character and between, you know, Greg, where he began to, where it was this, I can't remember the exact moment, but it was almost like a light bulb came on for him and he saw you differently, right? And he was like, whoa, (laughs) like, and I said, that's a nuance. Only brothers know that. I was like, like yeah. if a woman was writing that show, like we would have missed that. But because you guys are so intimately involved, like you catch and you portray those little nuances. Do you intentionally think about those things as you guys are talking to the writers and you thinking about concepts and thinking about storylines? You know, it's interesting. I mean, well, it's interesting. The first season we we had, there was a team of writers that wrote the episodes. Um, uh, Deji wrote a couple and he, uh, he brought some other people like Gino Brooks and some different writers to write the episodes. But for season two, I don't know how he did it, but Deji wrote all the episodes really? for season two. Wow. Yeah. And it's interesting. It really goes off of just personal experience. It goes off of his imagination and what he and Thomas kind of talked through what the through line is and the arc of the season for all the characters. But we do have discussions and they're really great about talking to Philip and I. And, and when we get scripts, you know, it's, it's collaborative to where we're able to voice our thoughts. At the end of the day, they have as showrunners, which way the show is going to go. But we definitely um, are, uh, have the accessibility to speak on things and to voice our thoughts. And that's one of the things that I really love, you know, it's interesting you say that because with a, with, with a, with a man writing from this POV um, this season is that, you know, a lot of times it seems like brothers might get into it and then they just go a different way. Mm. But it's like, now if it's worth it, you know, it can take a little time in the process, but we'll find a way to fight through mm-hmm. because this means something, you know. 
Um, you know, I always say like, it's, it's either, it's hills and valleys, right? If you have a relationship that has um, no valleys, it's only hills, then that's not family. Like family, Absolutely. you're gonna go through some stuff. Absolutely. And so I love on the show that, um, you know, Jarvis and Greg were, were able to take their time and kind of figure it out. Like, look, this means so much to me that it's a process, but we're gonna find our way. Just as much as with Omar and Keith, you know, yes. with, mm-hmm. with him talking to the girl that he was in love with, but she wasn't really feeling him. Right. And they they had to work through to right. resolve that, which took some time. And mm-hmm. so I just love that that's on the show because mm-hmm. sometimes you, 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 like you said, you miss those moments. You don't really see that. Mm-hmm. And they, they either go away or they kind of exist in the same circle, but they never really find their way back. Mm-hmm. And um, but that's but a lot of times sometimes that happens, but a lot of times there is a resolve, there is a reconciliation, and we're able to find our way back. Yeah, no, that particular moment, you know, the other thing that I loved about as you kind of walk through this kind of process to reconciliation is that you guys never separated. It was never like, okay, I ain't I'm mad at him, we ain't down no more, we're not hanging yeah. out anymore. It was kind of like even in, uh, I think it was a bar somewhere, it was, it was the four of you sitting there, and even though they were mad at each other, you were still there. It was kind of like, yeah, I'm hot like fire with you. Yeah. But to your point, I'm going to be here because this friendship is what matters. It matters more than this issue we're going through. You know what it reminded me of? That those couple of scenes reminds me of the scene in Boomerang. Um, when Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence was on, well, Martin Lawrence was cooking in the house and oh, Eddie Murphy was in the house and he called yeah. David Allen Greer to come over and David comes in and like, there was this like tension, but John right. Witherspoon came in and kind of lightened up the tension because of his right. like jokes in there. And then when they went up to the room, uh, went up to the roof, um, Martin Lawrence was like, yo, I need you guys to get together. Y'all need to. And so when he came back up, they was definitely and they and they hugged each other on the roof. That's what those said. Every time I see that scene, like my heart melts because that's like brotherhood. Yeah, that's real brotherhood, man. That's that's real brotherhood. And and it, it's funny because that was that was that happened in season one where uh all four of the guys were at the at the bar and Jarvis and Greg weren't really talking. In fact, they were in between us. You know, it was like Omar, Greg, Keith, and myself. And we were there for the cause, but it was like, he and I didn't really have much to say. In fact, I think he said something and he wished he had been invited to my house when I had a hockey night. Wow. I just took a sip. I just took a sip of my drink. I mean, <laughs> we really was not feeling each other, but the love was still in there. Like, man, I'm just, we gonna be around until we figure this out. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, man, that's, I mean, this is, um, to your point, it's, it's refreshing. Um, mm. To see is is refreshing. I'm sure you know the third season is going to be off the charts. There's some 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 themes and some storylines I see you know coming up. My wife actually was watching with me on the episode, and I can't remember how the conversation came up. I think it was the young lady that Philip was. Uh, oh yeah, Philip was posing. Philip's that girl was posing to you guys. Did y'all, were y'all friendships, did you value one friendship more over oh. another? And she was asking like, what? And I think um, Omar was saying like 33%, I give him 33%, 33%. And I just was laughing and, it was, uh, and she kept coming back to, there's still 1% left. Like yeah. who gets the 1%? Who gets that? Right. <laughs> and my wife said, huh? She goes, how would you answer that question? 
I said, oh, it's easy. She goes, it's easy. I said, yeah. I said, my answer would be the 1% goes to everybody else. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else, everybody else, the one, yeah. everybody else divvies up the 1%. But these, these three right here, they get my right. 33, 33, and 33. Everybody else has to fight over the one. And so that's, yeah, like and she that. was like, man, babe, I was like, I said, I don't know, that just came easy to me. It's like, you know, I'm not fighting, I'm not debating whether or not I love any of my boys more than the other, but right. I gotta recognize that I got some other people, they wanna know where they sit, you know where they sit? Y'all <laughs> sit in the 1%, that's where y'all at over there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Bigger question for you, man, how are the boys? Man, the boys are great, man. I mean, you know, my sons are growing up on me, man. It's wild. Um, they're doing great. They're, you know, it's amazing, you know, when they're younger, you know, because I, I was really strict. A lot of people think like, oh, man, you're just young. Look at that. You cool. And I was really strict. And, you know, it's interesting. I was able to identify what turned for me, what made me get so strict there's a pro and a con to it. And, and, and the pro is actually when my mom passed away, it was the first time I was really hit with mortality, right? Mm. You know, because when you, when, you, when you lose a grandparent, absolutely hurts. It's an ache that you can't explain, but there's a life that was lived, hopefully, for most, where they were able to have a lot of years. And so it, the circle of life makes sense. Doesn't mm. make it easy, but mm. it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But when you lose a parent um, younger, it's like, man. And so what happened for me was I got to give them all the tools that I can get because I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Right. So the pro was I was giving them everything that I had. The con was the, the pro and con. The con of that was is that it was like through a fire hydrant, uh, which lacked grace. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm trying to give them everything I can. And so um, so when they're younger, they feel like, man, you're a monster. Like <laughs> you're making me do this. You're making the great this. You're making me go this. And but to see their work ethic now, mm -hmm. right, to see them start to apply the tools that I gave them. I mean, my son, one day, my son, Jared, called me and was like, hey, dad, I, I just want to thank you. Mm -hmm. Like didn't like you always being on me, didn't like all the push, but. I don't know where I would be if you didn't give me the tools that I have, nor been in my life the way you were. And, uh, and so to see him, you know, he, he has a music career. He just did a 30 city tour. Nice. He just came off a tour. He's doing his thing. My other mm -hmm. sons, you know, doing stuff with editing and, and, and videography and my other son's uh, influencer. And, mm -hmm. but, so it's just seeing them flourish and, and, and be able to go forward. is great. My, my youngest son is in high school and, preparing and knows what college he wants to go to and has his ducks in a row and what he wants to do for his career. And it's just, I, I'm just so proud, man, uh, of seeing them progress and add these tools as well as find their own tools. Um, you know, so yeah, they're, they're doing well. Right. My goal is to get us all to go on vacation. It's, it's more difficult now. It's not as easy. <laughs> yeah. Let's share these three minutes with people just in case they don't know what we're talking about. I have four boys. My son to tell you, I'm always like clean up, do your chores, get it clean. 
You know, you're, you're investing, you're talking, you're teaching, you're training. As a dad, sometimes you can forget you're just training. You're planting the seed now, and you're going to see it eight years later. I want to make sure that I'm the father to them that I never had. So it was, I was pretty serious about being a dad. It's interesting, fear drove me in the beginning. So I was overly on everything. No candy, only drink water. You're going to have those challenging moments, those accountability moments. You know, I'm, I'm raising babies to boys, to men. Early on, showing them what support looks like, feels like. Things go not so great, helping you recover quickly. If you could now say something to yourself back then, what would you say? Even though it may not seem like it, they hear you. A lot of times they'll act like they don't even know I'm there. Julian, he's a senior, and I went to his football game, and I was trying to get there right before halftime so we could walk out. It was senior night, and I, I missed it. I, the traffic hit, and I couldn't get there. And uh, later we talked to him, and I apologized. He was like, it's okay. He's like, yeah. He's like, I kept looking up, but I didn't know where you were. I didn't see. And just that let me know. Even though they don't say thanks for coming or, you know, I'm glad you're there, they're not going to ever say that. But, you know, hearing that lets me know, like, man, things are off if I'm not there. say thank you for showing me like how to be a man through like my teenage years because I know it's been hard but thank you thank you for supporting me at my football games and throughout my life it means a lot I like to thank you for bringing me into this world as your son as I was getting older you're building me into a man I'd like to thank you for that you guys are becoming good men yeah you're more than welcome uh Man, mm. Do you hear that a lot? No. There's a lot of things that I want to accomplish. Um, a lot of things that I want to do, but uh, I've always known that my biggest contribution to this world would be you. It means so much that you said that to me. Bro. Man, you didn't give me no warning on that, Ken. Come on, bro. <laughs> I could have got an ice, some, some glass of water with ice cooling. Come on, man. Listen, man, I have that video. I've had it on my computer since we did that. And I have several wow. of them that, um, like, you said something in there that actually resonated with me and continues to resonate. Like, my son now is in AAU ball. And at the time when we were doing this, no, he was a baby. He was he was in sports, but he wasn't really in sports. That was just some place for my wife and I to drive him to, right? And so, but now he's playing serious ball. And wow. so, you know, and like you, I'm on the court, like, yo, you got to do this, you got to do that, you right. got to do this. And I was had this moment in time where I was like yelling and screaming, and him and I was yelling and screaming back at each other, and we just was having some real kind of rough times. And I got to this point where I just like leveled out and I was just like, you know what? I need to take my foot off the gas a little mm -hmm. bit um, because this is becoming 
about more than just him playing basketball. This is, this is impacting our relationship. Right. And so he's just like me in a sense that he can have a, he can, he brings it, dials it down. And his, his articulation and his conversation is like so crystal clear in the way that Mm -hmm. he speaks and talks. And so I said to him, I said, I said, do you, um, I said, do you hear, um, do you hear me when I'm yelling? Um, out on the court. I was like, why does that bug you? I said, everybody is like yelling. I'm like, you know, there's all kinds of noise going on. I was like, do you hear me? And he's like, dad, I hear everything you say. He says, most times your voice is the only voice I hear, no matter how loud right. it is. And yeah. that like threw me. I was like, what? Yeah. But it took me back to what you said, which was, I didn't have that experience. Right. Like there was nobody in the stands looking at me. There was no right. dude that was my dad yelling at me. I didn't have so that was a it, it was a total flip for me. But yeah, to, um, to that particular moment, man, when you talked about that, and then the other thing, and this just happened just last week. One of my um, one of the teammates of my son, his dad, him and I were standing next to each other talking, um, and he said we were talking about our boys playing. He said, man, mm-hmm. last week, he said, I came in cause the way that this particular gym is, you come in upstairs and the gym is downstairs. Okay. And okay. So the boys, you literally got to like, look up when you come in the door, you have to walk downstairs, to go to the bleachers. And he said, when he came in last week, he never went downstairs cause they were already playing. He just stood up there and watched. And he said, after it was over, he said, Bear came up to him and said, um, dad where were you Mm. and he says oh i was standing i was watching you from up there he says oh i didn't see you and he said at that moment he realized that he's always looking for him he expects to see his face more than anything else that bro is why this show is going to be successful wow wow man yeah, thank you for sharing that again. And even sharing what you just said, man, it just, it takes me right back. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's more, it, it, you know, because we don't know, because a lot of us, we're breaking the cycle. You know, we're, we're, we're first generation of having a father that there's 24-7. You know, um, it happens, but a lot of us are breaking the cycle. So, you know, I didn't, we don't really have those experiences, um, you know, like our kids are having with us. And uh, yeah, we matter, bro. We wow. matter. Right. Yeah, their our voice it, it really has value with them. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So next level on your show is that's what I'm looking. I'm waiting for that piece to break through, <laughs> right? Because right now y'all on the brotherhood piece, y'all on the relationship. Yeah. Piece. But when those kids start to get a little older, you know, we'll start when y'all in y'all sixth and seventh and eighth season, you know, and little <laughs> hey. and little Rudy don't look like little Rudy no more. Oh, she right, <laughs> right. And y'all start to have some kids' issues. That's when it's yeah. that's when the fire is gonna turn up, bro. I'm telling you. You know, it's interesting. You know, this season, uh, Omar with his son Caleb, it was the first, he ran away, and right. it was the where he was really just upset about his parents. And upset about also wanting to grow up and not letting them grow up. Wow. And so there were a lot of emotions. Um, but you're right, like it's just now starting. Wow. Come next season, prayerfully, God blesses it. We get another season, another season, another season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, more of us are gonna have kids, more of us are gonna be dealing with some of these issues. And so, 
you're right, man. It's good. That's going to be the next, that's going to be another level, another element. Yeah. That's going to be the next fire. What's next for you, man? What's up? I know, I know y'all get, I know you're getting phone calls. I know people trying to pull you in on blade four and you know, you know, you know, Rambo three and you know, Friday the fourth, those kinds of things. What's up for you? Hey man, from your mouth to God's ears, bro. From your mouth to God's ears. Uh, it's interesting. I'm up for a couple things. I'm waiting to, to find out what's official. Um, we'll see. Um, there's some things that have been happening, and so I'm really excited. Um, I can't talk about that yet, but I do have, you know, um, a film coming out. It's called A Snowy Day in Oakland, um, starring Nicole Ari Parker and Michael Jai White and Kimberly Elise. And I play the Red of Divine Son. Um, wow. So I'm, I'm excited about that. It's a comedy. Uh, Dion Cole, a lot of great talent is in it. And, um, and then I also have this film called First that I'm really, it's really special. It's a lot of times... Um, I play the older brother to a, a great actor, Will Catlett. Uh, Jamila Yarbrough is directed and starring in it. And I'm excited about that film. It really depicts, you know, uh, 30-something kids getting older, going away from college, coming back to their hometown and realizing they had a lot of their first with each other. Mm-hmm. And are they going to rekindle that relationship and where is that going to go? I play an older brother to, to Will Catlett. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but I'm also just really... Um, taking in the the love we've been getting for Johnson, man. I'm I'm excited to uh, to to hear officially, you know, perfectly that'll be coming soon, and we'll see. You know, fingers crossed, prayers up that mm-hmm. we got an official season three, and uh, and then we'll, we'll we'll go from there, man. But you know, every season, I'm really excited about adding another dimension to Jarvis. Um, you know, the first season he was very stoic and dealing with a lot of heavy lifting of emotions and things that were going on. And he was—he didn't have his pulse on the community, and I really wanted to play that in a in an innocent way, um, not in an elitist way. Mm-hmm. Um, and in season two, I wanted to show why he's connected to these brothers, and and so I wanted to bring more of a funny thing to him, and have some more funny moments, and bring a different tone, and be able to see with a different lens. And so for this season three, there's some things that I want to add, and so I'm I'm, I'm working on that now. Uh, okay. um, certain things I want to create for the characters. So I'm just doing that, man. And then also producing. I'm producing. I'm working with my producing partner, M.D. Walton. Uh, we're working with uh, Anthony Hemingway, the great Anthony Hemingway, mm-hmm. uh, who was the uh, showrunner, executive producer of Genius with Aretha Franklin that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so, um, you know, we were working on that film, um, developing that. Hopefully we have some things we can announce by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And doing some writing, man. So I'm staying creatively uh, active. Nice, nice. Stay humble, yeah. bro. I mean, I love, like, I, I, you know, I just gravitated to you the first time I met you. Um, man. I love the <laughs> fact that you're working with Loretta Devine. I absolutely man. love that woman, man. I swear, her favorite, but two of my favorite movies has her in it. Like, that scene in Kingdom Come. When her and um, what's her name was in the car and they was battling for the radio and she said, <laughs> and he said she says Jesus got the got the got the radio down and he said but yeah. the devil got the knob and, <laughs> <laughs> and then her voice on the PJs just I I still watch the PJs to today you know because really? of her. Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, because of her voice. Just because, yeah. I mean, I love Eddie Murphy and his character, but it's her yeah. kind of settling of him um, and listening to her voice. It just reminds me of so many, like, powerful women in my family that just had this yeah. edge. 
that had this sense of humor, sense of urgency, like all of these things, these very intensive, um, intensive um, emotions and qualities about them. Mm-hmm. Just whenever they all came together, they all spelled love. And so, man, you know, Loretta Divine, what you see is what you get. That is her. What you see, that is her. <laughs> I remember I had this monologue to do in this film. And she was like, you've been going over it? And I was like, yeah, but I, was, I don't want it to get stale. She's like, boy, you better go over them words as many times as you can and be ready. <laughs> and she was right. It was like, I needed to go over a few more times and have it down. So uh, she, she drops gems, man. But yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just grateful and honored that, you know, uh, I've, been, I've been in this game for a while and to be able to still do it and, and, and for God to continue blessing me, man, I, I'm just grateful because I know it's not, it's not old. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to happen. This business is difficult. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard. And so uh, I'm, I'm grateful that I'm grounded with really great people, my family, my wife, um, to be able to stay focused on what the prize really is. You know, exactly. thank you so much, Derek Brady. He is on the critically acclaimed Johnson Bounce TV. I think you can watch it now on Amazon Prime. I think that's kind of yes. how I get to it through Amazon Prime. But first two seasons are out there on the books. Check it out. I am <laughs> eagerly awaiting season three, and I'm going to manifest it into the air. It's happening. Um, and as Thank soon as you. I Thank um, hear about it, I'm going to hit you on the back end. So I'm going to keep cheering and keep yelling for you in the background. You'll see my text every now and then. Um, but just uh, don't forget a brother, you know, when you're, oh, on that, when, you're, not, when, you're when you're getting that absolutely. Oscar, bro. When hey. you're getting that Oscar. Listen, let me ask you this quick question just because it's just an interesting question. Who's your dream co star? Who you want to co star with? Who's who's your who's your pentacle? Like, who are you shooting for? I got a couple, man, but I gotta get it with Denzel, man. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get on the screen with Denzel. I was up for Remember the Titans. I thought that was going to be the one, but I ended up not getting that. But I was in the mix. But he, he's 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 definitely on my prayer list, bro. I, Denzel and I, we got to rock on screen. Right? Bro. Comedy or drama? Out. Comedy or drama? <laughs> um, I would like to do either or, but drama we can really get in it. So Training I would love. Day two? Well, you can't do. He he died in so he can't yeah, come he back. He's gone in that. But prequel. Something. Prequel. Something. He could do yeah, a prequel. I, I, I'm ready. I'm in it. <laughs> yeah, I would love to work with Denzel, man. There's a lot of actors, but that's, yeah, that's the that's, one. That's the one. Yeah, that's the holy absolutely. grail. Yeah. All absolutely. right, man. Thank you so much. Don't want to hold you more of your time, man. God bless you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Stay strong. Stay humble. Um, stay present. Um, yeah. And those boys, you know, and your wife, I'm sure your greatest blessings. Just cherish them every moment of your day. God's going to reward you mightily. Absolutely, man. Thanks again for having me on the show, man. And uh, you have definitely been inspiring me uh, from the conversations we had with mm-hmm. everything that you're doing, uh, mm-hmm. just really having a ripple effect and a change in the culture and, and uh, what it is to be a father. So I appreciate you, man. I'm glad we're friends. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us. You've been listening to I Am Dad podcast. We hope that you have been informed, encouraged you to think, or even inspired your heart for the love of dads. The conversation does not end here. Come back and join us next week. Same time, same place. Or you can continue the dialogue on our I Am Dad Facebook page. We also invite you to listen to past episodes, learn more about us, and keep up with special activities by visiting IamDadPodcast.com. That's IamDadPodcast.com. Until next time, I leave you with this reminder of manhood. 
From 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Because of this reminder, I will always understand that I am dad, period. period.